0: Welcome, listeners, to our David Fincher series review on Alien 3.
1: Was there an alien on board? Yes.
0: There's definitely something in here with us. We have no weapons of any kind. Let's start. in 1992 starring Sigourney Weaver, Charles S. Dutton, and Charles Dance. The plot of Alien 3 is after her last encounter. Ellen Ripley crash lands on Fiora... Fiora, Fiorina? Fiorina? What do you think? Fiorina?
1: I don't even think it matters, mate.
0: I think it's nicknamed Fury from what I can remember. I think
1: it's Fiora.
0: Sure, we'll go with that. A maximum security prison where a series of strange and deadly events occur shortly after her arrival. Ripley realises that she has brought along an unwelcome visitor. Spoiler alert, it's an alien. Makes sense. Yep, directed by David Fincher, his debut film. Did you know this was uh, originally going to be a two-part story? Yeah, I did. I did see something
1: about that, but they weren't sure they could get Sigourney Weaver. Is that right?
0: They were going to have it uh, like in, uh, really focusing on the big corporation from the first two films, how they were facing off with a military aggressive culture of humans whose like, rigid socialist ideology has caused them to separate from Earth society. It was a really... It really, really deep. Uh, they tried to veer away from Alien and Aliens just as these, you know, horror action sort of films and go a little bit more deep into that.
1: Yeah, because the first two Aliens obviously weren't very successful.
0: No, of course not. <laughs> come on, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> they were originally going to have Michael Bean come back as Corporal Hicks, and he was going to be basically the protagonist of this film. And they were going to have Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley come back as a, basically a cameo. Uh, she was going to spend most of the movie as uh, in a coma. Jesus. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, even after the first two Aliens, like Sigourney Weaver's the main character. Like, she is the franchise at this point.
0: She absolutely is. They were going to get her back into the fourth film as a big character again, but they felt like, you know, how, how much can they do with this Ellen Ripley character that they haven't already done? They were going to end up shooting these films back to back to lessen the production cost. And they were actually going to try and get Ridley Scott back to direct at least one of these films, but he had a busy schedule apparently, so he uh, opted out of it. Maybe they actually read the script. Which script, Dean? Because there huh? were four <laughs> different scripts that got re- that got written throughout the uh, production before this film even started. They got Rennie Harlan on to direct. Do you, remember, do you know the name Rennie Harlan? We've done a film of his, at least one.
1: Yeah, it sounds familiar. Uh,
0: Die Hard 2. Okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, but after three different rewrites, when he was uh, attached to the project, he had enough and he walked off the set, he walked off the project, he was done. And like I said, all these scripts really didn't have Alan Ripley... In in their film. so the president of Fox at the time was like, "No, no, you need to have Sigourney Weaver in these in this film. She's a centrepiece of the series." They called her up. She got a reported five million dollars salary with a share of the box office receipts, which was which is massive for 1992. She also requested that uh, the story be suitably impressive, original, and non dependent on guns. Did you notice how there was a very lack of guns in this film?
1: Yeah, there's hardly any. Like, they make a point of it, you know, like, oh, you have no guns? It's like, no, we just have knives. It's like, okay. Yeah,
0: that, that was mostly due to Sigourney Weaver. Fair enough. So they got Vincent Ward to come in to direct this film. The only film I saw of his filmography that I knew was that Robin Williams film, What Dreams May Come. Yeah, I think I saw that when I was younger. He also wrote the new addition to this this alien movie that hadn't been done yet. Uh, apparently, it had uh, it, it involved a, like a wooden planet. What do you mean a wooden planet? You mean forest? A wooden planet. I don't what know. Is this, Maybe Star Wars?
1: Were there
0: Ewoks there? <laughs> this, this script obviously had some big problems. The producers uh, really didn't like it too much. They asked to change a whole bunch of things. But this Ward guy refused to change anything out of his screenplay, so they fired him. They still use some main plot points, which do end up at the end of the film. And his original script was put on the greatest science fiction movies never made. I mean, it had to be better than this, surely. If only, if only we got to see it. But they ended up getting Walter Hill and David Giler to rewrite the whole Alien film. They ended up using se- they ended up using several aspects of all the different screenplays that had come in, and that's the that's what you see on the screen now. What
1: a mess! Yeah, I read that they were still they still had no idea how it was ending as they were filming it.
0: Oh, there was a lot of lot of bullshit still going on the set. They eventually got David Fincher. Finally, he came on. It was his first first directing gig. They'd already spent about seven million dollars on sets that were never used, thanks to this this script that kept constantly changing. During the filming, the script was, yep, like you said, they've been constantly rewritten. New versions faxed to the studio on a near daily basis. Casting crew would often film a scene, then learn the next day that it had already been scrapped. This whole production was was a bloody mess.
1: Yeah, that sounds just a terrible environment to work under. It really does. Like you've, you, they've got to stop trying to start making films without a finished script.
0: It's worked on some occasions, but I think more often than not, you, you see some really awful films that have had uh, big script issues from the start. Even David yeah. Fincher himself said he disowned the film from the get-go, stating in an interview... That he had to work on it for two years, he got fired off it three times, and he had to fight for every single thing. No one hated it more than me. To this day, no one hates it more than me. He cited constant studio interference during the production, actually walked out when the studio rejected his initial cut, and ordered extensive reshoots. Even at one point, David Fincher was denied permission by the film's producers to shoot a crucial scene in the prison understructure between Ripley and the alien, and against the orders, Fincher grabbed Sigourney Weaver, a camera, and shot the scene anyway.
1: Uh, it it just sounds so ridiculous that the director is not you know the person who is mainly in charge. Like, why even get this guy if the producers just want to control everything?
0: Because that's that's exactly the reason they can control it. They get a young budding director who'd only done a couple of music videos, yeah. and they knew that if we can take control of this film, we can still have everything we want. Let's get him in. He wants to come in and do a film. It's his first one. He's not gonna he's not gonna say no to the stuff we want. Yeah, that's it's interesting. But this was released on the 19th of May in 1992 with a runtime of 114 minutes. Now, since the 114-minute runtime has come out, there was a 138-minute special edition as well as a 145-minute special assembly cut edition. Definitely not director's cut, though. No, definitely not director's cut. David Fincher didn't have any part of the new assembly cut edition. He just wanted to stay the hell away from it. He can't even tell you what he thinks of the film because he hasn't even watched it.
1: And why would you? Honestly, if you spent that long on this thing and you were so unhappy with it, why would you bother going to see a, a recut version of it?
0: Exactly. Now, this is the first time I've seen this film, doing doing it for the breakdown here. I wasn't too sure which uh, which edition to choose from here. Like, I've heard conflicting stories that, oh, the assembly cut, you know, it's the best version. Oh, you got to check this one out, check this one out. Honestly, I've been burnt so much by extended editions and all that. Except for Lord of the Rings, that was pretty good. Uh, I chose the 114-minute version, and uh, I guess you didn't—you uh, weren't going to say no to that.
1: No, definitely not. I did. I did start by looking at the assembly one, but once I saw that there was a much, much shorter version,
0: I mean, how do you say—how yeah. do you say no to that? No, you can't. Tagline: The bitch is back. Yep, I did see another tagline. What's the tagline you heard? It's like three
1: times suspense, three times the fear, or something.
0: Three times the action. The other one I saw was, you know how the original alien is in space no one can hear you scream? Yeah. They incorporate that with some sort of tagline from aliens, but then they finish it off with, now on Earth, everyone can hear them scream. And that's sort of roped in everyone like, oh shit, aliens are coming down to Earth. This is gonna be crazy. Let's we gotta go see this. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, not not a good marketing tactic in the end. Well, maybe, I guess, in terms of box office, it, it was a good marketing tactic. This had a budget of $50 million. I believe I saw it also got up to about $65 million after everything. But it ended up grossing $160 million worldwide. So, it was a success.
1: Yeah, I did see that. I was actually very surprised. I mean, I probably shouldn't have been because they obviously went out and made a Resurrection. So, it couldn't have been mm. a complete bomb. But, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised it did so well at the box office, considering you the think quality about, of the film.
0: Yeah, but, like... It's all on the Alien name brand. You've already got, got these two amazing films from the get-go. Like, damn, I'm definitely going to go see the third one and it's going to rack up you know, a bunch of money just, just from the name Alien alone.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I imagine there would have been some pretty horrid word of mouth going on at that point. Although this was like pre-internet, so it is a bit yeah. different in regards to people actually hearing about what other people think.
0: Yeah, exactly. The film's production process was so chaotic and its reception by fans and, fans and critics so unfavourable that it nearly ended David Fincher's career before he even had a chance to gain Momentum as a director. There were two things that ended up saving Fincher from permanent movie jail. The first one was Sigourney Weaver, who publicly and often angrily sided with Fincher against 20th Century Fox, telling journalists that the studio had made decisions that resulted in an impossible situation for the young director and that he would have an excellent career if given further chances. And the other thing was that producer Arnold Coppelson knew and didn't respect the management at Fox, and that was part of the process where he ultimately offered Fincher a new project a few years later, which was seven. Infinitely better film. <laughs> I haven't given my rating for this film yet, but I'm pretty sure like it's pretty clear that that's you know, that's not a that's not a um a tough decision there. But we've looked at the box office here. Let's look at the scores around the uh, the internet here. Rotten Tomatoes critics give this a forty-four percent and the audience give it a forty-seven percent. It's pretty low. A little rotten there for Alien Three. Metacritic give it a 59%. You'd think that Metacritic if people are giving it lower if Rotten Tomatoes is giving it a 44, Metacritic would would give it like a, a 10. That's really surprising. Letterboxd give it a 2.9. And IMDb have it at six point five. See, I so, was shocked
1: by that as well. I really did think it would be a lower score on IMDb.
0: Do you do you think that IMDb just they've bumped it up a little bit? You know, out of respect for Fincher, like it's a Fincher film. You know, what? I can maybe look past it a little bit. Fincher's pretty big on IMDb. Look at look at all, you know, Seven and Fight Club are like in the top twenty. I feel like there'll be a, pe- a bunch of people in there going, you know what, it's 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 not trash. You know, Fincher does some good things here. You know, I'll give it a four, maybe maybe a five. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, it's it's on an average of 6.5, so you clearly got people voting it, you know, for sevens and eights up there. Mm. But this is the start of our David Fincher series. We're going through the five films that aren't on the top 250 list. This is our first one here. So let's get into it. Thank you very much, listeners, for checking out this patron preview.
1: Yeah, if you want to check out the whole episode, we've got everything over on at patreon.com
0: slash journey, And we've got over 70 bonus episodes over there, including film series such as the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series. We've also gone through some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and Quentin Tarantino. That's right, there's also tons of benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron only polls, that we put out on the regular.
1: Exactly. You can also shape the show the way you want it to be by telling us what
0: films you would like us to break down. And dean at a spot on patreon.com slash themoviejourney. Go ahead and head over there and check out all the rewards and benefits we have to offer. And we thank you once again for checking us out.
1: Thanks, y'all.